Should we get to it? All right, into it. Uh, what do we got? 20 minutes now. Yeah. All right. Rolling on. Um, welcome back. Flow nose number something. Krogo. Yeah. <laughs> I know. We're back. Uh, getting a bit of momentum. Couple, couple back-to-back just now, which is good. We may as well. All right. So this week, this this one, we're going to do a quick uh, quick breakdown of Nicky Ryan's injury out of his um, his match. When was it? Was it over the weekend? Or was it last night? Uh, I think it was over the weekend from what I've seen. I think it was a couple of days ago. Yeah. Um, so do you want to run through kind of the injury? I'll just set up and so I can bring up the picture. Yeah, definitely. Um, so it was in a no game match on the weekend. Um, it was uh, versing Dante Leon. Yeah. Um, fairly exciting match by the looks of things. Um, and plenty of takedowns. Uh, but then in one of the takedowns, uh, Nicky Ryan kind of like leads with his right. And you can see him kind of like twisting his leg kind of almost like for kind of like sometimes like a little bit of a hook to use to kind of like aid the takedown, um, placing his leg in a bit of an externally rotated position. And it looks like it just kind of gets caught up between um, kind of his opponent and the sprawl and the ground, kind of really forcing it into a um, quite externally rotated position at the hip and talking the knee. Yep. Um, he was able to continue the match and um, – looked at kind of like playing from guard a little bit more following that. Um, and we've seen some kind of footage of him post-match uh, on crutches and getting wheeled around the hotel in a little tro- uh, little trolley as well. Yeah. Um, um, so, and then there's a, there's a picture as well. Uh, let's see how good, if I can make this work. There's a picture of his actual knee. Um, there's a picture of his knee. Um, tell me if I share my screen if it comes up on your end, Craig. Yeah. <laughs> um, or maybe. Yeah, not happening. Maybe we'll just we'll um, overlay it. I'll pop it up. So, are you looking at the picture now? Uh, I have got it on my phone. Um, so, would you like I'll, me to describe it? Yeah, describe it. I'll, I'll overlay it so people can see it as we're kind of doing it. We'll put it in the middle here. So, yep. Um, so, yeah, essentially. Nicky's kind of gone in for uh, looks like a double leg and he's used his kind of like right leg to kind of like hook um, hook behind um, the kind of right leg of his opponent. Yeah. Um, but then in doing so, his opponent's kind of like tried to sprawl, get his hips down um, and Nicky's knees on the ground. Yeah. Um, and his foot's kind of like facing kind of up and away from his body, kind of really putting like a real kind of rotational torque style, like shearing force Yep. Use on the uh, on the outer aspect of the knee. Uh, we yep. usually call it like uh, varus force and the valgus force. Um, yep. This is placing quite a 
quite a various like rotational force um, on the knee, yep. which will often sometimes lead to, uh, basically it's almost kind of trying to like sometimes separate some of the surfaces. So it'll stress some of the ligamentous structures that hold that outer aspect of the knee together. Um, yeah. And also some of the structures deep within the knee at the same time. It, it, it almost doesn't look like he's part of him, does it? Cause he's, <laughs> cause he's left legs like extension, like back behind him. And then randomly he's got, like when you look down at it, he's looking at the posterior aspect of his like knee. If he if you were to remove Dante Leon and yep. kind of look at it, his kind of back of his knee is basically facing up towards him, and he's looking at, yeah. his, at the plantar surface of his foot. So it's quite a weird photo when you look at it and go far out. His hip is really kind of into that. When I when you even I just try to put my foot up in the external rotation and I look at his. Yep. Um, his position. Obviously, he's a high-level uh, jiu-jitsu athlete and things, and usually these guys have pretty decent flexibility, mobility through their hips, but you're looking to get far out. And that, like you said, that varus stress then on some of those lateral structures particularly, um, and then also considering the internal structures, ligaments of the knee as well, um, we'd consider, and we were kind of hypothesizing before, what are, what's your, what are your thoughts Specifically well, yeah. for structural injury. Yeah. Well, it is a uh, when you do see injury. the picture, it definitely. If you took his upper body out of it, it'd actually look like his body is almost facing the opposite direction. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it is one of those ones you look at and you're like, oh, there's uh, something going on there. Um, so I suppose like what we're looking at, uh, firstly in that case, and usually with most injuries, what we tend to do is we want to make sure that we don't miss anything that's. Um, kind of of a greater importance or anything mm-hmm. that's really going to change the way that we manage things. So in Nikki's case, the first thing that we'd want to check out is something that we call the posterolateral corner. Yep. Uh, essentially, this is comprised of a number of structures that all help to provide stability to kind of like the outer aspect of the knee. Um, so we'd be looking at uh, the lateral collateral ligament. Uh, we'd be looking at his um, popliteal kind of like muscle and tendon complex. We'd be looking at his uh, kind of like distal hamstring. So his biceps femoris. Um, often you check out the uh, PCL kind of going with that as well. And then due to the extent of rotation that he's got, you'd also want to check out his ACL. And then finally, you're looking at the joint surfaces, particularly like with some of the uh, footage that we've seen him in, of him in the past day or two um, looks like he's not weight bearing uh, and on crutches sometimes that can indicate there's a bit going on through those regions um, yep. so those are a couple of things that you'd want to check out with it um, the posterolateral corner is typically something that we don't really muck around with um, due to the presence of a couple of nerve structures that kind of run through the vicinity mm-hmm. um, so and then based on kind of this area as well, if it's something that's not managed initially correctly, can lead to some quite kind of significant uh, consequences down the line as well. Yeah. Um, Going back to, and we'll run through our kind of, like when we see these injuries and our pathway for management, usually you can tell it's, it's one of the, it fits in the category for kind of like the significant knee trauma, obviously that when we're talking postulatric corner injuries, um, and those structures of that kind of lateral and posterior meaning or posterior meaning back and then lateral. So back and so- back to the sides. I think kind of that if you were to touch sort of the back of your knee at the outside, that's where we're talking about. We'll kind of put those images up, um, those specific structures as well. You can see that usually, usually it's like a blow to the front of the knee that might cause a 
a postlateral corner injury. It's usually a varus blow or a varus kind of um, force to like a bit of a bent knee. Um, we often see it in hyperextension injuries. We've seen that a, a number of times with our soccer players. Um, and then also in this case, that external rotation, that twisting and that torque on the knee as well. So you'd kind of look at the extent of it and think, mm, there's probably going to be multi-ligamentous, multi-structural kind of injury here. Um, run us through our pathway kind of, uh, I guess, first off, if someone came in and we had vision of, of kind of that kind of injury, Craig, what, uh, first off our testing, obviously where we run through kind of what's happened, what's the mechanism of injury. We get all of the kind of detail from the person, but talk us through kind of, uh, the testing and things that we'd do. And then maybe the pathway, like you said, of, um, I guess the big thing for us is not missing and once we see, once our we kind of go run through our specific knee test, and then we we we're thinking postlateral corner. What's our kind of pathway for management? Yeah. So initially, like our first phase of our management with it is if we are suspicious of a kind of decent trauma to the knee, like it would be in Nikki's case. Uh, what you're looking at is your phase one of treatment is protecting it, trying to get to the bottom of things. Uh, in regards to scans, usually we do those if it's going to change the way that we manage it. Um, and in these circumstances, if he was testing kind of positive on a number of tests, like we'd probably expect him to do, uh, we'd want to protect it. We'd put him in a, what we call a range of motion brace. Um, it's the one with the big like kind of supports on either side. Um, and we can kind of lock it into different positions. So you're not able to get your kind of like full range of motion into the knee, uh, depending on how it's occurred and kind of like what the, um, what structures we're suspicious um, that is injured will sometimes dictate where we lock it exactly. Sometimes for some of those like hyperextension ones, we mm -hmm. lock it at around 30 degrees. So not completely straight. Um, sometimes for um, different structures within the posterior lateral corner, we'll lock it closer to zero degrees. Um, and then you'll often be on crutches at the same time. Um, so just to doubly protect it while we then start going down the pathway of further investigation. Uh, the way that we'll do the further investigation is through an MRI. Uh, basically, that's our best form of imaging that we've got. Uh, it looks at the bones, the muscles, the tendons, the ligaments, um, basically all the structures within the knee joint itself. Um, and for these kind of style injuries and for the knee itself, it's usually able to give us a pretty specific answer of what's going on, what structures are injured, um, and also the degree of damage as well, um, or the degree of injury. Um, then based on that, then that dictates our management from there, whether it's kind of best case scenario or bracing for a short period of time and then gradually rehabilitating, um, or if it's worst case scenario and it might be um, sending off Nikki to see a specialist and consider kind of operative options to try to get some stability back into that knee as well. Yeah, perfect. And I guess usually when we assess and we there's a few specific knee tests that we'll look at uh, when we're suspicious of like a postlateral corner injury. So if we're the varus stress test, which is sort of stressing that lateral side and the LCL and everything uh, and opening, and, and usually that kind of combines the cruciate ligaments um, if we're suspecting of a higher grade and a higher trauma kind of injury, if it's in zero degrees and we're testing it uh, with a varus stress also, then we'll look at kind of the postlateral corner kind of test with the dial test. Uh, we got external recurvatum. We usually do like the reverse pivot shift as well. And if we're see, if, if usually I, I guess I had one come through not too long ago and I, it's quite significant laxity. And as soon as I kind of tested um, 
like he's very stressed zero and kind of at 30 degrees i was like whoa this is loose this is loose so then when i went on to test him reverse pivot shift and dial dial wasn't too bad so he kind of maintained a bit of end feel he wasn't kind of too much difference in terms of the rotational test at kind of 30 degrees 90 degrees or 60 degrees um and then i my management plan exactly kind of ha- as we kind of talk about with our pathways i braced him straight away in the wrong brace and then mri but then also just uh we kind of prefer that multidisciplinary approach off the bat because we get really if we get our ortho opinion early then we know management and outcomes are going to be better if we've got kind of early touch points um if we're expecting that one it's been high trauma or if there's significant kind of degree of laxity or multi kind of structure involvement with that postlateral corner obviously they come in grades so that's when we kind of see it clinically we want to kind of push for an early ortho review um mri scans and kind of get the best kind of outcome um for that for our clients coming through uh, talk to me about a little bit of the complications that can happen. So let's say kind of comes through as missed. There's a like obviously the neurovascular sort of stuff that can be an issue down the track if if we don't manage appropriately. Yeah, definitely. So <clears throat> because of uh, the basically the anatomy of the area, um, there's a couple of nervous kind of structures that run through there. So I've got our perineal nerve running in very close proximity to kind of like a number of these ligaments and kind of the muscles on the outer aspect of the knee. Um, Every now and then it's a pretty rare injury, but you can actually injure the perineal nerve, uh, which kind of like from a worst case scenario perspective can lead to a thing called a foot drop. So essentially what the nerves do, they're kind of like the little power cables that run to our muscles. Um, when we get a signal from our brain telling our muscles to fire, then if everything's going well, signal gets through, muscle fires, movement happens. Uh, this nerve that kind of runs through this area, it's responsible uh, for telling some of the muscles that kind of like lift up our foot when we're walking um, or it's responsible for supplying the muscles that kind of do that. Um, so if you injure this nerve, what can happen is you can actually get a what they call a foot drop. Um, basically where you're unable to pick your foot up and you'll see people walking, they're unable to lift their toes up off the ground, lift their foot up, and it actually becomes a pretty significant injury. Um, long-term, if it's, um, I suppose, if it, in, if it has been injured, um, there's a couple of things that you'll typically kind of see people doing. Sometimes they'll actually have to wear a brace kind of permanently to, to pick up that uh, foot. Or sometimes it'll lead to secondary operations where they actually change the positions of some of the uh, kind of muscles and tendons to actually pick up that foot. So they'll call it a tendon transfer operation. All of these are um, quite significant and can actually lead to kind of like long-term impacts on the rest of your life because uh, if that nerve is injured, um, then usually you're not regaining your kind of full function that you've you've had before. So that's why it becomes one of these injuries that we really don't want to muck around with. So that's why it's getting to the bottom of it ASAP. Make sure that it heals adequately because the last thing you want to do is say you have further instability or it doesn't heal appropriate and you go back to doing something, you might be fine from a nerve point of view the first time. But if you haven't 
let it heal and become structurally strong, you go to do it. And then potentially if it's more loose to begin with, and then something occurs, then you're at greater risk of kind of injuring that area. So it's one of those ones that we really kind of want to keep an eye on. We really kind of like look out for it. And when an injury to this area does occur, we really want to make sure that people get on top of it, get the best management, get the best advice, um, and basically are in a position to make the best decisions for themselves because um, it can really affect the long term. Yeah, definitely. Um, and I guess that's why the, the kind of initial clinical assessment is so important because it'll dictate kind of your pathway. And that's why we've, we place heavy emphasis on the pathway that if, if you've got a knee coming in, that even if it's something that in our differential, so I talk about a funnel where people are talking to us about how, because usually we don't have video footage, usually we don't have pictures and things to see. So we've got to kind of um, sift through all that information to figure out what's the mechanism of injury, what's the presentation and the symptoms like, and what kind of direction are we thinking uh, in terms of a diagnosis. And then we kind of, after we've sat down and talked with the person, we kind of think about, all right, these are, these are my kind of top three differential diagnosis that we've got. That's when we then go into our clinical exam with that kind of information to basically funnel it all, test it and go, well, our hypothesis or based on our clinical testing, it's looking like this injury. This is why we need to take drastic kind of measures early. Cause a lot of people, when you pull out the wrong brace, they're like, I don't, I don't, I don't want to be in a wrong race, but as soon as you kind of talk them through it, like these are the com- potential complications. We need, we, we've identified this on your testing. We need to go get an MRI. We need to get an ortho on board and we need to kind of, or potentially need to get an ortho on board. And then we need to manage it accordingly because we want the best possible long-term outcome for you. So um, that's why I think the clinical pathway and the testing is so cr- vital that we kind of have that structure and that pathway in place because it's all about getting the person the best possible outcome. Um, we've seen it come through uh, quite a bit the clinic because we deal with a fair few uh, jiu-jitsu athletes or practitioners. Um, we often see it. This is an injury, particularly kind of uh, with sort of the half guard position uh we've identified kind of mostly we see sort of these lateral corner injuries happening um you want to talk about any of the the kind of uh clinical guys that you've seen or kind of some of the positions and the commonalities that we've seen with injury to this area yeah they're probably like where you mentioned soccer players earlier with some of the hyper extensions and then um the jujitsu guys as well they're like probably the common ones you'll see it in footballers too um but we just probably just like at the draw, I haven't seen as many of those in recent times. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the jujitsu guys will tend to tend to be in half guard um, with some of the half guard and even some of like the saddle positions with some of the leg entanglement positions where people use kind of like the leverage to try to, I suppose, try to manipulate their opponent type thing, uh, essentially talking the knee in that same way, placing that hip in that really externally related, uh, rotated position. Yeah. Um, and then you'll see that same kind of force applied to the knee. And we've seen a few people with um, lateral collateral ligament injuries that way. Yeah. Um, so that's been something we've been seeing a bit of lately. Um, the other one that I saw recently or a little bit of time ago was a soccer player who um, had a like hyperextension injury, um, basically landed and kind of like almost like jolted yeah. it back, but almost a little bit to the side as well, um, injuring some of those structures too. Um, so all of them that we've seen um, haven't been 
kind of catastrophic recently where they've all got really good outcomes. They've been able to get back to sport and things like that, which is great. Um, But then I think a large part of it does stem back from kind of what you're doing just from the get go, where it's like, if you get that initial management, right, you get kind of like that real kind of like, um, I suppose, make the most of that kind of like optimal healing kind of window initially. Um, Then that just sets the scene for some of our later phases of rehab where it's like, initially it's like protecting things secondly it's like building back building things back up and then long term it's kind of keeping it really nice and healthy and injury free yeah definitely well i guess uh it'll be interesting to see we uh, obviously we have no idea um of what nikki ryan's injury actually is this is us just kind of um hypothesizing i guess around what we we think from that photo so Obviously, we'll keep an eye out for that. We wish him all the best for his rehab um, and we'll see what comes out in the next couple of days. I'm sure we'll find with the socials and things that there'll, there'll be some uh, updates from Nikki's end. Uh, that was good, Craig. I know we've got to jump off. We've got some things to do now. So we'll see you next time. Brought to Sounds you by... Good, Jason. <laughs> the Carl Cafe. <laughs> the Carl Cafe. <laughs> Perfect. Thanks, Jason. All right, mate. Good to see you back. Right. See ya.